Chapter 25 of the Boy Scouts in the Rockies. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Chuck Barges, Bradenton, Florida. The Boy Scouts in the Rockies by Herbert Carter. Chapter 25 Close to Discovery. When the sound of the voice came again, even Alec heard it plainly. Why, it seemed so very near that his first thought was that the men must have found the entrance to the treasure cave, and were pushing along the tunnel at that very moment. But on reflection, Alec realized that this could not be so, for the voice came from somewhere in the open air. I just ain't a-going any further, and that's a fact. Might as well rest up right here as keep on. I never was for coming back to spy on them air scouts, but two again one carried the day. So here we be, tired in body, hungry, and nigh about ready to drop. I say let's camp and wait till morning. That's Dicky Bird, whispered Thad in the ear of his companion. Alec had had a load taken from his breast. Although the three men might be so close to the entrance of the mine that they could toss a stone into it, Still, it seemed only mere accident that brought them here, and not design, or a suspicion as to the truth. Another voice chimed in now, that of Cracker himself. Oh, as for that, I'm about as leg-weary as you can be, and ready to rest up a bit. So, Waffles, stir round and gather some tinder to start a blaze. This night air is some cool, too. And say, I'm that hungry I could eat anything most. But... With only one six-shot gun in the crowd, it's going to be hard times to provide grub, I reckon. Then why'd you turn back? When we was all started for a place where we could get all the eats we wanted, with money to pay for them, grumbled Dickie Bird. Why, any fool could see that, retorted the big prospector sternly. Here, I've been looking for this mine years and years, and it's got to be the one dream of my life to find the same. That boy knows. He's just been waiting till he growed up big enough to start out. You saw how he acted, and said he'd die before he'd give up what belonged to his mother. That proves he's got the combination, either in his head or somewhere about his clothes, which we couldn't find. Well, said the grumbler, what good is that sum of going to do us? Now that he's in with that party of scouts, who say they'll stand up for him right along. We ain't got no show, seems to me, Cracker. We ain't, hey, replied the other disdainly. Just because you can't see anything before your nose, you say they ain't nothing doing. Let me tell you, we never was nearer that same mind that we is now. Thad felt his companion give a sudden start. He himself was wondering what these strange words of the prospector might mean, though he could not believe that the other could really suspect the presence of that fissure back of the vines. As how? Maybe you wouldn't mind telling me to ease up the pain in my legs. While Waffles, he's a-starting that air fire, Dickie Bird went on skeptically. Sure thing, answered the big man who controlled the party of mine-seekers. If that boy does know the secret, he's going to open up while he's got them scouts to back him, ain't he? He'll want to feast his eyes on some of that same ritual that goes without saying. All right, let him say I. 
we'll try and be close enough at hand to discover where the pesky entrance lies. And while they're hanging on up here, it's us to streak it for town and file a claim on that mine by description. First comer gets the persimmon this time. I ain't been in this line of business all my life without learning something. Again did Thad feel his companion move restlessly. It was as though Alec felt a sudden fear oppress him lest this sly old thief should yet get ahead in entering a claim for the mine. The flicker of the kindling fire now began to show through the vines at the mouth of the opening. What if these men stayed there until morning? How were the boys to leave? Even when the moon stopped shining upon the face of the cliff, the light of the nearby fire would continue to light it up, so that they would not dare try and creep out. Such a movement, if seen or suspected by the campers, must arouse their curiosity and lead to an investigation. Then the only thing that could save the mine for Alec would be a hurried rush to town, in which they might be beaten by the others. It was not a pleasant thought, although, of course, if necessary, the boys could stay there without any great amount of privation. The constant chance of discovery would bother them much more than anything else. Dickie Bird was still grumbling, it seemed. Things evidently did not please him at all, and only because the fear he entertained for Cracker. The man might have deserted the expedition. I just don't like it around here, and that's what, they heard him say presently. It ain't the nicest place to go in either. Now, now what do ye reckon that air rumbling noise was we all heard a while ago? Waffles, he says it was thunder. But they ain't nary a cloud as big as my hand anywhere around. Sounded more like earthquake noise to me. I was in that shake down at Frisco, remember, and ain't likely to forget how it starts. If these here mountings begin to roll over on us, we'd be in a nice pickle now, eh? I tell you, I don't like it any too much. Drop that kind of talk, Dickie Bird, ordered the big prospector gruffly, and draw up closer to the fire here. You're cold, that's what, and things, they look kind of blue-like. Get warmed up, and you'll feel better. I've got a little dried meat in my knapsack, and we'll chew on that for a change. Good of you, Kennel, exclaimed the discontented one, whose mood probably had its inception in hunger after all. And don't be long about passing that same around, will ye? I'm that nigh famished. I could eat Indian dog, though I never thought I'd ever come to that. The three prospectors sat down around the fire and in order to overhear what they might say while they munched on the tough pemmican, Thad crept closer to the vine screen. Something moved ahead of him, and he thought he saw the vines tremble, as though giving passage to some sort of body. Immediately afterwards, there was a shout from one of the three prospectors, and they could be seen scrambling hastily to their feet, showing every evidence of alarm. "'What's that, coming this way?' roared Cracker. "'Say,' Looks like only a wolf cub arter all, declared Dicky Bird, with a catch in his husky voice, showing plainly how startled he had been. Well, now that's just what it seems to be. Knock the critter on the head, one of you, and the big man dropped back again to his seat. It was Waffles who picked up a club, and jumping forward, hastened to wind up the earthly career of the motherless wolf whelp, though the savage little beast snarled furiously at his approach and showed fight. Now I wonder what next, remarked Cracker, 
as he watched the other engaged in a regular fight with the cub, which would not give up the ghost as easily as Waffles had evidently anticipated. Indeed, the second man had to also arm himself with a club and put in a few vicious blows before the wolf whelp was subdued. That's what comes to a man when he ain't got no gun, complained Dickie Bird, from which remark it might be taken for granted that if there was only one revolver in the crowd, which the scouts had allowed them to retain possession of, Cracker had made sure to hold that. Oh, that was only a cub, and a wolf ain't anything to be scared of, remarked the big prospector, though he turned his head even while speaking, as though he fancied that he heard something moving in the bushes back of him, with visions of a red-eyed furious mother wolf coming to demand satisfaction for the killing of her offspring. Where do you reckon the critter came from now? demanded Dickie Bird. Oh, whispered Alec, as though something warned him the danger point was getting very close now. First thing I see, he was coming away from the rock yonder, remarked Waffles, pointing straight at the hanging vines that screened the fissure so completely. Then it looks like he might have come out of them vines, suggested Cracker, carelessly. Reckon now he did, replied the others. Go and take a look, Waffles, added the big man. If so be we expect to sleep right here, we want to know if there's any wolf around. I ain't so fond of the ugly critters that I want to have one crawling all over me when I'm trying to get some rest. Look behind the vines, I say, Waffles, and make sure. Waffles did not seem any too anxious to obey. Possibly, if he had gripped some sort of firearm in his hand, he might not have shown the same timidity. Perhaps he too had an animosity towards ferocious and maddened wolves. And besides, it had been his hand that had given the finishing blow to that nasty little spitting cub just now, and the mother wolf might have it in for him on that account. But then he feared the scorn of the big prospector even more than he did the possibility of danger from a she-wolf bereft of her whelps. And so, rather hesitatingly to be sure, the man started towards the cliff with the intention of lifting the screen of vines and peering behind the same. Of course, he would immediately learn of the fact that there was a fissure in the rock, and curiosity was apt to induce the men to make an attempt to explore the cavity, since they were all experienced miners and eager to discover signs of a find in some unexpected place. Closer came Waffles. He was now within feet of the vines, and indeed had one hand stretched out, as with the intention of clutching the mass of vegetation and drawing it aside, while the other gripped that stout cudgel, with which he expected to defend himself desperately, should he be attacked. Alec was quivering with suspense, and Dad could easily understand that he must be handling his gun, as though tempted to discharge this and frighten the man off. But that would be giving the secret away, for these men were cunning, and after they had come to figure things out, they would arrive at something like the truth. If discovery were to be adverted, other means must be employed in order to keep Waffles from raising that curtain, or at least daring to venture into the fissure as much as one foot. Finding the ear of his companion, Thad managed to whisper in it the few words, Don't shout. Do just what I do. We've got to scare him. And Alec pressed his arm to let the scoutmaster know that he understood, even though the means to be employed might as yet be a mystery to him. End of 
Chapter 25. Recording by Chuck Barges, Bradenton, Florida.